It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Welcome to the Untold Story Podcast, everybody. I'm Martha McCallum, and we have really a special edition of the podcast today. And the Untold Story is a story that you don't know, but that Jonathan Morris and I know really well. And it's the journey that we took together in June, uh, end of May, beginning of June, to the Holy Land. And it was the first time that I had ever done a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. And it was Jonathan's third or fourth? Third. Third trip there. Um, the first two times you went as a priest. I did. And this time you went with your mother-in-law and your <laughs> yeah, wife and um, one baby at home and one on the way. So, wow, that was a very different experience for you, I'm sure. So anyway, I, welcome. It's Thank always you. great to have my Thank friend Jonathan you. Morris with us. You know, just in case you don't know, Jonathan um, is an executive coach now. He works with families and corporations and businesses to sort of uh, help them navigate succession issues and leadership issues and all sorts of, um, you know, because I, I think what people don't realize is that priests are really um, advisors and they understand human dynamics and ups and downs in people's lives and how to kind of get them through that. So it's a terrific uh, preparation for that. He's a New York Times bestselling author um, and just an incredibly accomplished person with a deep background in theology and faith, obviously, and history. So, Jonathan, welcome. Thank you, Martha. It's great to have you here. I I'd love to just start with that first question because your life has changed so much over the past mm. couple of years, and you led us in a spiritual way at times during this pilgrimage, but what was it like for you going back as a husband and a dad? Yeah, it was different. It was, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, a, a year ago, uh, Caitlin and I, my wife Caitlin and I, went back to Rome where I lived for nine years yeah. as a Catholic priest. Uh, first studying and then as a Catholic priest, uh, teaching, eventually teaching um, theology and, and preparing guys who were on their way towards the priesthood. So going back to there, there was a little bit of PTSD. In other words, anytime you make a big transition in your life and you go back to the place where you lived prior, it's a human experience that, uh, but my wife helped me through that. First of all, I'm grateful to the Catholic Church, to Pope Francis, who gave me a dispensation to leave the priesthood in good terms, so to speak. There's a process for that, which I did. And the Pope, when he gave me that dispensation, said, be a vocal voice for the faith. As a layperson now, be a vocal voice for the faith. So. Going back to Rome and then going back to the Holy Land with you, yes, a little bit of PTSD, in other words, getting, getting the context and the framework again of who am I in relationship to God, to his church, and to these very concrete places, the Holy Land, Rome, where the faith was lived right from the beginning of our Christian history. And so it was a great thing for for me on a very very deep personal level who are you who 
created you? What mission do you have today? And going back and stepping into the footsteps of Jesus Christ, where he walked in the Holy Land, um, was a big part, I think, of that, my own personal transformation and healing. So we asked for some questions on social media um, for us, for this podcast. You got sort of, um, I guess, the biggest question about taking this trip Mm. first off, right? Yeah, the question was, why Israel? In other words, we call it, sometimes as Christians, we call it the Holy Land. Um, Obviously, politically right now, it's called Israel, right? And the Israelites can date their their history right back to way way beyond way before Jesus Christ but Jesus chose Israel so the answer why did you go to Israel why did you go why do you call it the holy land well Jesus God God the Father chose Israel what we call Israel today, the Holy Land, this these this very quite small area, I think the size of New Jersey, mm-hmm. about, you're from New Jersey, mm-hmm. yep. right? To come and God became man in a very specific area, right there. And that's where we went, that's where we walked um, in his footsteps. Um, so why Israel? Because God in the Catholic Christian faith chose Israel. I remember you saying to us when we were at Mary's home, mm. um, because the fascinating thing is obviously, you, you know, um, Queen Helen, I believe, uh, sort of went back to these holy land places when yes. the Roman Empire became Christian. Yeah. And it was very important to her. She was Constantine's mother. She wanted to go there and, and mark these places yes. while people, while the um, while the stories were still so strong in terms of where, where these different events happened, she wanted to make sure that history would know where these different events yes. happened. And then they built churches on top of them. So when you go to these places, um, you'll get down to a, a, you know stones and the like the floor of a home that's over 2,000 years old that has been dug and archaeologists believe are these historic places so um, and one of the things that it said on a banner on the altar at Mary's house was the word became flesh here <laughs> yes which so, you said to me and it really struck me when we were standing there yeah so the the word in Latin is eek it's here. So the, 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 the scriptural text is, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So the word, right, is verbum caro. The word became flesh here and dwelt among us. So it's, it's a reminder that it wasn't just, oh, in some storybook, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. No, it's like we were standing there and, it's, and it, was, it wasn't the word became flesh and dwelt among us. They added eek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here. The word became flesh here and dwelt among us. And that is a very different thing than a storybook. The word became flesh here and isn't that how God also intervenes in our life like one-on-one personally it's not in storybook land Mm -hmm. it's ooh I have a child you told me before your son Reed just Mm -hmm. turned 25 and you remember the day that he was born yeah like it was yesterday like it was yesterday yeah exactly Um, you know 
one of the other experiences that we all had together, there was 15 of us on the trip, friends, family, a lot of my family, Jonathan's family, and then some other friends. Um, and it was just a really great group. I highly recommend doing it this way because I just kind of put out a message to some of my friends and said, is this something you'd like to do? Because it's not something that everyone wants to do. Um, but the people who responded and said, yes, I want to go, were so game and so open to the experience. Yeah. And so one of the really special days that we had was getting on a boat in the Sea of Galilee. Mm. And you encouraged all of us to kind of, you know, because we were all talking and <laughs> we talk a lot in this group. <laughs> and um, you and I talked that morning about, you know, just having some really quiet time on the boat for everyone. And you were able to speak to all of us through little microphones that we each had from the, um, the guide that was leading us. Um, Tell everyone a little bit about what you wanted everyone to be, um, to open themselves to in that moment. Sure. So the Sea of Galilee, one of the, so we, we visited a lot of places where Jesus walked, right? We visited where he, um, where he preached the Beatitudes. We, we visited where he went and suffered uh, before his passion and death right, in Jerusalem. We visited lots of places where he, where he multiplied the fishes and the loaves. Over time, over 2,000 years, those places changed, right, to some degree. There's Jerusalem today looks different than it, it looked 2,000 years ago. Um, so there's an element in which you have to imagine. What did this look like? On the Sea of Galilee, there was no need for imagination. Why? We were on a little boat. They actually had these little boats that we were in that actually looked similar. Probably it was a wooden wooden boat, yep. similar to what Jesus would have been in. Um, and we were out on a little lake. You think of Sea of Galilee, that it was huge. It's, it was pretty small, relatively speaking, right? And they explained how the winds would come up and um, and and create the waves that that are described in the Bible. But it was very similar to where what Jesus and his disciples would have experienced. It was a lake, and it was awesome. And so I think in that, in that natural beauty, we were able to have some silence and just to reflect. And I think um, it didn't take much. It's just like, okay, let's stop talking for about mm -hmm. 15 minutes <laughs> and say a few words and allow people to experience what Jesus and his disciples would have experienced on a normal day out there fishing in the Sea of Galilee. The Untold Story continues right after this. Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. 
Yeah, I've heard a, uh, a lot of people say that about the trip, that in that spot on the Sea of Galilee, and I feel this way sometimes when I'm in Cape Cod looking out at the ocean. I think mm. this, you know, when it's completely unspoiled, this is yeah. what it looked like to the people on the Mayflower because yeah. they came across right at that sp mm. at that point. So they would have looked at these marshes and the ocean hasn't changed, you know, when you look at it. And that really struck me with the Sea of Galilee as well to sort of imagine Peter and John and James um, all fishing there yeah. and being approached by Jesus to, to join them, which I think is, um, you know, you can really put yourself in that moment, which I think is yeah. one of the strongest ways to pray, right? To kind of try to put yourself into, yeah. into the readings and into the position that the apostles were in and kind of walk with, with God, which yeah. you get this really great opportunity to do. It's not like every second of every day you're feeling, you know, sort of struck and, and moved by the experience. But I thought it was so interesting because at different points, I feel like people had that experience, those experiences, yes. wherever God met them, wherever they were, right? In, in those experiences, which was pretty neat. Did any other questions jump out at you? You know, um, since this is the untold story, I'm going to tell you something about your life, if you don't mind. Sure. Oh, you just got nervous. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what, yeah, what, what struck me and my wife, Caitlin, was we were in a group of friends of yours that went back for a very long time. Yes. Okay? You're a very public figure. Um, you have lots of people who know you, lots of people who follow you, lots of people who really do know you at some level. But the people that we were with were people that went back to like very basic things, basically friends of like your children's parents and how you became friends with them. So, and it was five, six, seven people. It's basically all that we can handle as like friends. Most people listening today to this podcast have three, four, five, six, seven, twelve friends. Jesus chose twelve disciples, his apostles. He didn't choose five thousand seven hundred. No, he chose twelve. It's like a very small number. That's so true. And with twelve, and maybe he was only really good friends with five of them. Mm-hmm. Like he had a relationship with all 12 pretty like we have a relationship with more than five people but he, maybe he was close to James and John and Peter you don't hear him talking much about Matthias or Andrew our human limitations are also beautiful you're so close with your friends a small group of friends and it allowed us to experience a lot of what Jesus experienced it was God becoming man and making himself very small. Because no man, no woman can be friends with thousands of people. They can know them. But it, it's amazing our limitation as a human being. We're very small. And yet Jesus did that and then from those 12 was able to influence you and me personally 2,000 years later to the point that we wanted to travel to see where he lived and walked. Yeah, you're, you're very right. And I think if any of us have, you know, 
five, seven, twelve people that we can honestly call good friends who we would turn to, you know, um, to share in ways that maybe you wouldn't with a lot of other people, then we're really lucky. And, you know, walking in those footsteps, we did the, um, the way of sorrow or the stations of the cross as we went into um, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre and we got up really early in the morning, went around six in the morning, 6.30 maybe, um, which was a great way to do it. And (laughs) Jonathan's good friend. You pushed me to do that. (laughs) I know, I did. Jonathan um, (laughs) read uh, the Stations of the Cross and asked different different people in the group to do it. Some people were singing somewhat successfully along the way. Um, Wait, your husband Dan sang My husband sang a little bit. Lisa also sang. She sang. She did. And um, my son did a reading. People took turns reading uh, at the Station of the Cross. It was, you know, it was just really, it was a very moving experience, a great morning. I highly recommend doing it that way, getting up early and going because it was really quiet as we went into the area where they believe Pontius Pilate lived and, and judged Jesus us on that last day and then we saw the steps um that jesus went up to to caiaphas's house which yeah. was you know th- those were really when you know what struck me some people say oh you know they don't know where all that stuff happened right it's not yeah. really it's not but but what well, struck me when i was there is that um it's such a small area so when you're looking at the possibilities in that area around the temple it's it's very small and so if if it wasn't right here it was probably 20 feet yes. to the left or right and they know where Caiaphas lived because archaeologists dug up things that that belonged to him that they traced yeah. to him um, so it it really I found it to be very compelling actually the arguments for having a pretty good understanding of where these things happen. Did you? I, I do. And it's so, I think it's so helpful to have factual, like very earthy experiences of our faith. Why? Because God gave us this gift of reason, which is amazing reason. And then he gave us this gift of faith. And there, John Paul II described faith and reason as, as the two wings that help us navigate like a bird has two wings that's what keeps mm-hmm. keeps a bird going in the right direction if you have if if our faith is totally separate or or in the worst of cases um, against or going against reason then there's something wrong that's why that's why we should have a have a really clear vision of if somebody tells us, hey, this this is true and I believe it based on faith and it has it absolutely goes against reason of all sorts, mm-hmm. we should say, eh, I don't I don't think that's right. Mm-hmm. Okay? Maybe this is a controversial take. Somebody told me today, hey, uh, Jonathan, um, we're trying to sell our, har- our house. Should we bury the statue of St. Joseph upside down in the dirt? <laughs> have you heard of that, that tradition? I have, Martha? yes. Okay, yes. so it's a kind of a very Catholic, so to speak, right. Italian. Like, take St. Joseph, turn him upside down, stick him in the you dirt. You wonder where the origin of that stop. one came from. Right. You go, eh, okay, maybe that's a nice, but right. that doesn't. that goes against reason. Right. Okay, poor St. Joseph, first yes, of all. Yes, upside down. Upside he deserves down better treatment. Dirt, <laughs> right? So you could say that's superstition. Yes. Okay. If it, nothing against mm. Saint Joseph for mm. Italians or no, but that's superstition. Our faith is together with reason. 
it goes hand in hand. So when we're in the Holy Land and we say, oh, this is where he died? Or tw like you said, 20 feet away? Oh, that makes, that helps my faith. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Reason helps my faith. History helps my faith. I thought the other thing that I was thinking about a bit while we were there is, you know, as you're going through all of this and you have those struggles with your faith, you know, is this, mm. is this real? Did this happen here? One thing that really grounded me was that no one disputes the life of Jesus. No. And that he was born in Nazareth, that he lived at that time period, that he was in Jerusalem. So that I found very interesting to kind of reflect on, that no matter what you believe, um, most faiths believe that you know that Jesus lived, that he lived in that in that area, yes. and then you bring the rest of it to bear um, from the Bible and from the Gospel and the stories of what happened that were passed down and written um, and told over and over. And it's very interesting to me too that you know they talked about when the Bible began to be written. Mm. Prior to that, the stories were all passed passed mm -hmm. down by word and very intentionally you know, to make sure that those stories continued. Um, just a quick thought before we, we close on, you know, on, on sort of the obvious questions of, of faith and, you know, what gives you this grounding in believing this story and that these things happened in the Holy Land? Yeah. Well, like you said, history is very clear mm -hmm. that there was a man named Jesus of Nazareth who claimed to be the Messiah, who went to Jerusalem, was crucified by the Roman Empire because they believed that, too many people believed that he actually was the Messiah, right? right? That's history. So that grounds my faith a lot, mm -hmm. right? To the point of storytelling, um, I think about my own son right now, and my wife is about to give birth to another son. Mm -hmm. And how do I, how do I make sure that the story gets passed on to them in secular New York City, growing up mm -hmm. in New York City? You've done it. Your kids who are on the trip, amazing. But it's not easy. No, it's and a lot not. of people who are listening to us right now are saying, ooh. It's hard to pass on the faith to our kids, or I have adult kids, and it's how do I get it back? I don't know what the answer is. What I do know is that, like you said, for centuries, even before the Bible existed, people were intentional about passing on their values and the things they believed in. They told stories, and the stories happened to be very true and grounded in history. And I think I think that's, as a parent, that's what you have to do. And even to the point of, sometimes I think, you know, that I, I'm annoying my children when I'm sending them little text message emojis on Sunday morning. And I always say to them, you know, good morning, dad and I are on our way to church. <laughs> you know, which is obviously this little yeah. subtle reminder, and I hope you'll find your way there today yeah. too, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. But you know what? So what? I mean, I want them, I know that if they find their way to Mass on Sunday, yeah. they will not regret it. They will be glad that they went, yeah. right? And I do think it's a, my job as a parent, even though my kids are older now, and especially in a way since they're yeah. older, because we used to just dress them up and take them to Mass every day, but now I don't have that control over them. They're in their 20s. Um, so I think the more you keep telling the stories, the more you keep circling back, the more you keep bringing them back to the foundation of um, the fact that, that God 
Jesus is with them mm. as they walk through this life all the time, yeah. you know, and um, just just keeping those stories alive yeah. for them. And, and that's, that's said, the other reason that I wanted to bring my kids to Israel because I had never been. And so now we share this extraordinary experience oh. together, which is really great. One and of them it, didn't make it, but I'm gonna have to go back with him. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should take a pilgrimage of a Part small two. pilgrimage of 500 or 750 people would, who are listening to your, to your podcast. <laughs> we'll drag Reed along exactly. this time. Let us know if you want to go. Um, <laughs> Jonathan, I think we're going to have to continue our conversations because I love speaking with you. And um, I know a lot of people have questions and love to hear from you as well. So thanks for taking the time today for this first podcast conversation. I look forward to talking to you again soon and good luck with the new baby we'll be oh praying gosh. for all of you six 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 seven days away unless it happens tonight <laughs> right let me check my phone oh geez <laughs> i do have a message from my wife oh is she in labor do tell Let's us see. before we say goodbye um are you on martha's show or podcast i want to watch <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Caitlin. It's the podcast. And we look forward to seeing new baby Morris number two. We cannot wait. Best to you all. Lots of love. Thanks, Jonathan. You've been listening to The Untold Story with Martha McCallum. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Make sure to rate and review. For more podcasts, go to foxnewspodcast.com. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.